right, welcome back, everybody. You made it. This is episode two. We're really getting into things now. If you made it to episode two, well, we're just getting started, folks, and I cannot wait to see where we go next. First thing we're going to do this morning is we're going to take care of a little business. I'm going to tell you about something that happened to me this weekend. If you followed the Instagram, you probably know I was at a friend's bachelor party, and I'm not going to tell too much of the the dirty laundry there, but I do want to tell you about something that happened at the casino because I experienced something that, well, your boy's never seen before, okay? I lost significantly quickly, okay? A lot, very, very fast. Now, I've had bad days at a casino. I'm not, you know, I'm just like everybody else. Bad days can happen. We can lose more often than not. It is a casino. That's what happens there. But I tell you what, I was there probably just about two hours probably, and I didn't sniff one win at anything. Not anything that I come close to a win anywhere. It was only losing money. The only place I actually won money was by the end, by when I was getting pissed off. I sat down at a slot machine, and I said, you know what? fuck it. And I won a couple bucks there, but then quickly gave it right back. Cause of course you keep spinning until you hit the real big money. That's how they get you. They give you a little, so you keep putting it back in. You go, oh yeah, you like that, but more and maybe you'll get it again. And then you don't, but boy, oh boy, did I just, the craps table took all my money. I've never seen so many fucking sevens in my entire life. Never in my life. Have I seen that many sevens, the roulette table? I don't often play there, but I was getting pissed by the end. Jesus. I couldn't even guess if red or black was red. I mean, you got a 50-50 shot there. I took three stabs, lost all of them. And the blackjack table is where most of the damage was done, people. It's where 90% of the damage was done. And I am not the world's greatest blackjack player, nor am I a dum-dum, okay? I know what I'm doing. I know when to stay, and I know when to hit. Boy, oh boy, I did all the right things, and I just could not find a payday to save my life. It was unbelievable. Those are the days you just need to say, you know what? It's not my day. Pack it up and enjoy some time with some friends, okay? But that's not what I did. I went back to the ATM machine and I took some more money out, folks. And then then I really started to lose because the casino could smell my desperation. And when that happens, they got you right where they want you. So I sat down at the blackjack table again, and I started betting more aggressively, as one does when they're a little emotional and they really should stop betting. So I started betting $60 hands. For me, that's a lot. I don't know how much money you guys make, but for me, that's a lot. That's a lot of money for one hand of blackjack. And I sit down, and I'm sitting next to my buddy, and and um, and I get a I get 21. I don't, I don't get blackjack. I don't flip it, but I, I hit and I get 21 and I'm sitting, I'm like, fine. Okay. Finally a win. Okay. It's not going to write all the wrongs of the night. It's not going to, it's not going to fix everything that's happened here tonight. There's still quite a lot of blood on the floor, but finally, and then we get to the dealer and what happens there, folks? I bet you already guessed it. Yep. It's blackjack. Don't even push. Just lose my 60. It's the only thing that could have happened. The only thing, you know, it's a little more common than I'm making it seem. I mean, it it certainly does happen. But after the kind of day I was having, my second run to the ATM, boy, that was just the last thing I needed to see. It was like they threw out a line. They threw me a line 
just to watch me drown. It was unbelievable, folks. So that was a little bit of my weekend. I lost a ton of money. But we celebrated a good friend and we had a blast. So there's that. I won in memories. Really would have loved some money, though. All right, moving on here, folks. Um, I don't really want to talk about this, but I suppose I have to because we've put a button now on what has been a long, long conversation all summer. The Aaron Rodgers saga seems to have finally come to a close when it was all these fucks could talk about on ESPN, Fox Sports, anything you fucking watch sports-related. He was the main subject, and it was what was he going to do? Is he going to stick to his guns? Is he going to leave? Or is he going to stay in Green Bay? Well, if you have a pulse, if you're still breathing, I think you know he's staying in Green Bay, folks. And a lot of people, you know, that I know thought, wow, really? I mean, he made this whole stink, and he's just going to stay. But I know also an equal amount of people who I think rightly are thinking, well, if you listen to that press conference, he really laid it out. He was the bigger man in the end, but he basically said fuck you to the Packers without saying fuck you. In a really eloquent and respectful way, he laid out what his real issue was. And surprise, surprise, Cowherd, Stephen A., all these people all summer talking about the same fucking garbage over and over again, for the most part, were fucking wrong. Of course, because they don't know what Aaron Rodgers is really thinking. It didn't have to do with Jordan Love. It didn't have to do with a lot of these fucking things that people thought it was. It had to do with... They were correct in that, yes, it had to do with respect, but they weren't understanding what it was. And I didn't know either, but I just didn't talk about it for every fucking day of the year. Aaron Rodgers was upset with the way that veterans were leaving the locker room. As he would say, high character guys. Guys who did more than just make big plays on the field. Guys who contributed in the locker room and to the culture of the Green Bay Packers. Now, as he said, it's not a destination town. It's not a vacation town, folks. No one's going to Green Bay because they love the cheese. Hmm, where can we go? Beaches or cheese? No one's going to Green Bay, folks, unless they want to play with Aaron Rodgers or a historic franchise like the Green Bay Packers. And apparently, they wanted no part of Aaron Rodgers in the recruiting process, even though he's the only reason anyone wants to play there. So, of course, he's upset. I understand that. That's number one. Number two, people like he said, Kuhn, Woodson, Cobb, a bunch of these guys over the years, he listed like 15 guys over the years who have left, basically be either being lowballed or not getting a contract offer. Now, that's, you know, that's something he's paid attention to, and that's something he kept an eye on. Yet another thing that he put in the, well, fuck Green Bay aisle, but still wasn't ready to leave. And then they blew him off again and again and again, and finally they tried to fix all their issues. If you remember back with the contract extension, they threw, tried to throw a little bit of money his way. And of course, when you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers, something like this is never about the money, folks. It's never about the money. He's got the money. For a guy like me, it might be about the money, okay? For a guy like you, it might be about the money. But for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, it had nothing to do with the money. And that is one thing that I think all the people did know, because it was fairly obvious. This isn't about the money. And yet the Green Bay Packers still tried to throw money at him. They're the only ones who couldn't read the room. And you know what? They're the only ones in the room. 
It's unbelievable that they couldn't gauge the temperature of what was going on, and they really thought they could solve problems with money. There might be some quarterbacks out there. There might be some players out there who it would solve with money, but you know how calculated and how intelligent Aaron Rodgers is. You really think he was going to just stop all the nonsense, cut the bullshit? If you threw a few more shekels his way, are you kidding me? That was embarrassing. I mean, even if you weren't an Aaron Rodgers fan, you weren't a Packers fan, you didn't like the guy, you didn't. You think he gets too much praise. And that moment, in that moment, you had to think, wow, that was pretty disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, you had to have. That was, that was pretty unbelievable that Gutekunst and, and the rest of the front office in Green Bay decided to make that move. Now, you know, I really recommend if you haven't listened to his full press conference, Again, if you don't like Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, but he really turned me this this offseason. Um, I, I like him quite a bit now, especially with this press conference. Go ahead and give that thing a listen because he lays out all of his issues, and it really has nothing to do with what any of the people on ESPN, Fox Sports, were saying all summer. It really didn't. I recommend you go give that thing a listen because he lays out beautifully and eloquently and respectfully, a nice big fat fuck you to the Packers organization. But also, by the end, says, I'm going to be the bigger man here. I'm going to come back. I'm going to play. When I'm here, I'm here. I'm not going to play spitefully. I'm not going to try to tank the organization. I'm here. I'm 100%. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. And he's saying all the right things, and I think he really means it, too. He's going to try to win a Super Bowl. I would put a big fat old bet on the Packers. I don't think they're going to win, but I could absolutely see it happening. So I'm going to put some safety money on the Packers' future bet to win the Super Bowl because you know what, folks? The last thing anyone wants to see in this league is a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're all afraid of Tom Brady repeating, as we should. We're all afraid of Patrick Mahomes, as we should. Do not look past a pissed-off Rodgers. And that is why I'm going to drop some money on the Green Bay Packers to be 2022 Super Bowl champions. But boy, oh boy, was I impressed. And am I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan now. And boy, did he look sweet with that slick back long hair. That's a guy who's happy. I mean, that's the first time I really think I've seen Aaron Rodgers happy. And I think that's why he made such an adult decision. He really made just an evolved healthy wise decision and in so many ways it wasn't the coming back to the team it wasn't not taking the big fat contract extension it was being the bigger man that was the biggest fuck you to the green bay packers organization and boy did they deserve it all right people moving on here i have a question and it is directed for all of you when did sports center start getting involved with the madden ratings why are they having this whole drawn-out, long week of, and we're releasing the new Madden rating? Who gives a fuck? I mean, I love Madden. Don't get me wrong. I love to play Madden, and it's cool to see the new ratings and what the teams look like, and, and I fucking love it. I'm a fan. But when ESPN is spending a week in late July just releasing Madden ratings... Oh, it's disgusting. What are they doing? 
Oh boy, that's not why I watch ESPN. I can wait till the game comes out to see what everyone's rated. I don't care who's a fucking 99. I just want to play fucking franchise mode, get my fantasy draft going, play my ultimate team, and I'll go from there. I can wait till the game comes out to see if Aaron Donald is a 99 again. You know what? I probably could have figured that one out. Oh, wait. Patrick Mahomes is a 99 again? Go fucking figure. He's the greatest thing I've ever seen with my two eyes. I get that it's just baseball. I really do. I mean... And I love baseball, but it, you know, when it is the only thing, it, it does become a bit of a slug. You know, we're, we're really trying to inch our way here to some preseason football. And preseason football's not even that good. But when your diet consists of only baseball, boy, does some preseason football sound fucking delicious. I just can't believe that I would tune on ESPN to watch a little sports center, to kill a little time on my break before I got to go back to work. And they're releasing Madden ratings. I was beside myself. I was absolutely, I was actually craving more talk about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Because fuck, I don't give a shit about the Madden ratings. Oh, boy. And while we're on the subject of ESPN, how lame is the one app, one tap logo? They've got every anchor on every show at every time of the day saying, oh, don't forget the one app, one tap. They clearly think that's the most clever little slogan that's ever been created. <laughs> if you don't love the app, love it for the slogan. One app, one tap. Fuck off. It's lame. It's so lame. Anyway, I, I get real pissed off sometimes about real minute shit. I don't know what it is. I clearly have some issues to work through because one app, one tap shouldn't bother me that much. But boy, it gets under my skin when I hear it for the 15th time in one day because yes i watch a lot of espn people all of my issues with espn would be solved by turning the tv off but i just leave it on i don't know why i'm my own worst enemy here but speaking of football while we are on the subject trade deadline came up and boy were there a ton of trades we got some buyers and we got some sellers <laughs> the cubs and the nationals basically have a single-A ball club now. I mean, they got rid of fucking everybody. Juan Soto's alone on the Nationals. Like, where did everybody go? Guys? I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I was watching the Phillies last night play them, and it, I was just like, this, this is a completely different team than I've seen. I mean, I didn't even know how to bet it against the Nationals because it was such a different team. But I, I also do need I, – I don't understand – and this was one of the questions that I got, but, you know, the question's already been answered. It says, where do you think the big three in Chicago is going to go? And that was given to us by, yeah, my boy here, Teamer93, Thomas Murray, a.k.a. Big Murr. He was wondering, where will the big three in Chicago end up? Well, unfortunately, by the time this episode airs, and by the time I'm recording it right now, they're gone. Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, all gone. All hit a home run in their first game with a brand spanking new team. Boy, were they excited to get out of Chicago. But I don't understand. That's one of the moves. Like, I understand why the Nationals did it. I mean, I think I think it was time for them. I think it was time to get some picks and rebuild. And, you know, especially with the Mets on the rise and some of the things happening, I think they were getting a little old. Mets are getting a little younger and better. And the Phillies have some pieces. But so anyway, the bottom line is I understand what I didn't understand was I thought the Cubs had still had a lot of really nice pieces that they just needed to add a 
a pitcher or two or, or some bullpen help or, or something. I didn't know. I didn't think they needed to blow up the team. Now, I don't follow the Cubs religiously. I just don't do that. I have a life, okay? I can only follow so many fucking teams. But I broadly follow all the teams. I don't know why the Cubs did that. And I do need someone to educate me. I, I, I'm sure there's probably a reason. I just, as an outside perspective, as a Phillies fan, I, I, I don't I, I don't understand why it looked like the Cubs still had a great baseball team. Were they underperforming? Absolutely. Does that mean it was time to blow it up? I don't know. I, I mean, why would you get rid of three phenomenal players like that when they're still very, very young? I mean, maybe it had to do with contract. I don't know. But it just feels like you just needed to add a few pieces. Maybe manager should have. Maybe we should have looked at manager. Management. Huh? I don't know. I, I, I think that the Cubs had enough pieces to take another run at this thing. Maybe it wasn't this year, but you make a couple moves to add a few pieces in the next couple years, you're right back in it. You're competitive again. Because boy, oh boy, did that just look on paper like one hell of a baseball club. And I'm sad for uh, everyone in Wrigley, you know, everyone in, in northern Chicago. Uh, boy, oh boy, is that just not what you want to see from your baseball team? I would be disappointed and I'd be upset. But, um, yeah, I'm a Philly fan. I'm always that way. I'm never really happy. So I always... I'm a little happy when more people are like me in Chicago. Welcome to the club. We got a seat on the bus for you. But we got Scherzer moving to L.A. Boy, oh boy, is L.A. not just a juggernaut? Are they not just going to beat down everybody? I mean, it almost doesn't even matter because the Dodgers are going to win. Dodgers are going to win. I mean, they're just... A steam engine heading downhill right now. It's uh, They're looking to put a hurt on anyone who's in their way. I think they got a little dynasty going, folks. I really do. I mean, you really don't want to say the D word before two championships in a row or two championships in three years. But when you look at, you know, the Astros, uh, I can't say they... They should have won, but boy, oh boy, I really would have liked their chances if the Astros weren't cheating. So there's a couple right there. Very, very close the year before that. I mean, these boys have already been really close to a dynasty, and you had Scherzer. You had some of these other pieces that they got going on now. Trey Turner. You kidding me, guys? Are you kidding me? I would not like to be anyone who has to play the Dodgers. <laughs> And that's anybody who's going to be competitive in this year's playoffs. I mean, even if you're one of the best teams in the AL, I'm not seeing a team that can take down, on paper, these Dodgers. They're well-managed. They've got hitters up and down the lineup. They've got vets. They've got experience. They've got wisdom. They've got playoff experience. They've got World Series experience. I'm just not finding a weak spot in that Dodger lineup, in that Dodger staff, in that Dodger pen Boy, oh boy, Magic Johnson, he's figured it out. He has figured it out. Dodgers, stay exciting, kids. And now we're going to roll into a little segment I like to call Let the Fans Talk. Let them cook, Neil. Let them cook. Let them cook, Big Tick. Let them cook. All right, first we got a question coming in from who, uh, Jimmy Cooper. Okay, Jimmy Cooper wants to know, What's going on with Simone Biles? Big tick. What do you think about Simone Biles? Uh, 
Big question there. Big question. I'm going to dance around the whole mental illness thing. I'm going to say something that a lot of you guys might not like, but I'm a believer. I'm a believer in mental illness, and by God, I suffer a little bit from it, okay? But I'm going to keep that private. I think everyone should you know, only share what they feel comfortable, so I don't want to step on any toes here. But the girl did what the girl got to do. Girl did what girl got to do, okay? Simone Biles, whether you believe her, whether you don't believe her, there's nothing really you can do besides take her at face value. She says she doesn't feel good. She says she got the twisties. That's a.k.a. the yips, people. If you don't know what the yips are, it's basically when you've done something your whole life, you're fantastic at it, and one day, you forget. You forget how to do it, and that's a real thing. That happens to people. Lord knows a lot of us like to use that excuse on the golf course, but of course, you gotta have once had it to then lose it. So, I think a lot of us are taking the yips uh, for granted there, or taking advantage of the yips, rather. But anyway, back to Simone. She got the yips, she got the twisties, she don't feel super hot in the head, and um, she's going to take care of it. She's going to take some time. It's my understanding that she's coming back. She's going to do some of the solo events where she doesn't have to do any flips or twists or yips or anything like that. And, well, you know, whatever she wants to do, she should do. I can understand from a betting standpoint and from NBC's standpoint and from the Olympic standpoint how they can be very, very upset. And, you know, if I worked for one of those companies, I probably would be as well. But that being said, the girl's got to do what's best for her. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, between money and health, you got you to gotta let the girl try to take care of herself. Um, so, again, I'm going to try to dance around that. I don't want to get too deep into mental health and all that. I think we should all take it very seriously. I think it's a real thing. Um, and I'm glad that she's getting her help. But, uh, Jimmy Cooper, that's all I got for you. I hope I didn't uh, stay too diplomatic for you on that thing. Anyway, our next question comes from a fan favorite, Mr. Brian Gannon from the BD Locker Room, the brilliantly dumb locker room. Okay, this guy does the best pregame. Him and the boys. Him and all the boys. I've gotten to know Brian Gannon the most, but all the boys in the brilliantly dumb pregame show, the brilliantly dumb locker room, they're fantastic people. If you don't know Robbie Berger, he's brilliantly dumb. These boys do a pregame, okay? It's a pre-show pre-game for the happy hour that Bob does usually every Thursday. Go check that out. Check Brian Gannon. Check the BD locker room. Love you, boys. Uh, but he wants to know, favorite thing to do in the greater Charleston area? Okay, um, I live in Charleston now. I recently moved there from Los Angeles, and I'm still fairly new. And between being new and the COVID thing, I haven't done as much as I'd like to do in Charleston just yet. I, I hope to get to it here pretty soon. But a couple of things that I love that are very special to Charleston as opposed to things that you can find in any city. Best minor league team in America. I've been to a ton. I've been to the Trenton Thunder. I've been to the Reddington Phillies. I've been to a couple of the places over in Bakersfield and in, in California. They've got some minor league teams there. I'm sure there's plenty of other great ones. I'm sure Alabama, Kentucky, down even further south have something to say about it. But boy, oh boy, does Charleston, do those river dogs know how to put on a fucking show. I have had a blast at the couple of games I've gone to down there. I mean, they've just got games there it's a party i had an alligator dog name another place where you're gonna find yourself an alligator dog i mean they've just it's just an unbelievable atmosphere that bill murray's putting on down there it really is i i couldn't believe my my eyes i mean it's less of a baseball game and more of just a party and i, I can't imagine in a non-covid era 
how much crazier it must be. So the River Dogs, Charleston River Dogs, an absolutely fantastic time. And I guess another thing would be the barbecue. I mean, everyone always talks about it, but people always talk about it because it's true. I mean, the barbecue is sensational. A little pricey, you're gonna pay for it. It's gonna come out of your wallet, but your stomach's gonna be happy. It is a very, very special thing they got going on. It's different than Texas barbecue. It's different than St. Louis, Kansas City barbecue. It is its own thing, and it deserves recognition. I think it's got it, but I think it's still undeserved. I think it deserves more, more recognition, Charleston does, for its fantastic barbecue scene. And I thought leaving Los Angeles, I probably wouldn't find a lot of beautiful women, but Charleston absolutely has, they're just walking all over the place. I mean, it's a lot more Christian. I mean, it's a very, very Christian part of the country we got there in Charleston, but my God. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I didn't want to stay there too long. And we'll do, let's do one more question. Um, and again, folks, we're going to be doing this every week, firing your questions, and eventually I'm just going to straight up have you guys on the show. I mean, it's going to be fantastic. I'm just going to have you guys zipping in via Zoom, and we're going to film it. I'm going to get you on the Instagram, and you'll obviously be on the show. But let's see. Right, we'll take one more question. All right, this last question is coming in from Jeremy Faxon in Missouri. He wants to know, what's up with baseball? That's all he said. <laughs> That's all Jeremy said. Is what's up with baseball? Well, I, I'm gonna, I guess that's a, I get to interpret that question any which way I want. So I'll give it a shot here, um, and I'll do my best, Jeremy, to answer whatever it is you're trying to get after with what is up with baseball. I'll tell you what's up with baseball, Jeremy, and I love it. It was my first love when it comes to sports, and um, it it stinks, doesn't it? It stinks until about now. It stinks up until a bad August. August is where you get the pure, uncut, not stepped on, real deal baseball. This is the down to business baseball here, folks. This is when shit matters. After the All-Star game, after the trade deadline, you find out what teams are for real and what teams were just looking for a cup of coffee in the conversation of playoff baseball. All right? Now we get down to business. The last 60, you know, 50, 60 odd games here. This is what separates the men from the boys. This is where we find out what teams have it and what teams do not have it. You know, early on, who really gives a shit about one isolated game here or there in, you know, May or June? I mean, you could be watching a game like, why does this one fucking game really matter? And I think the players can feel it too, and that's what makes it difficult to bet on sometimes is you don't know if a guy's taking a day off, if he's just not feeling it that day. But you know in August and September, they're going to be feeling it every single day because that's when it matters. And it doesn't mean that no baseball before August matters because, of course, you want to have a winning record coming into this late part of the season. But just when you just catch a game here or there in, um, in let's say, in April – Let's say a June. It's just hard to imagine. Which, God, does it really fucking matter? Does one of these matter? I mean, there's so many throwaways. But again, overall, yes, you want to be winning more than you want to be losing. But when it matters, when it comes down to it, August and September is what separates these teams, these men, from the boys. And this is also when you know what team you're going to have walking into the playoffs 
if you should make it. Before the trade deadline, I mean, look at all these teams, and it's not just this year. This was quite a blockbuster year, but it happens every single year. Teams change after the trade deadline, and you have teams that just look completely different, both good and bad teams. So, what's up with baseball? Well, shorten the season, or keep the same length of season, but let more people into the playoffs like a hockey does. <laughs> Basically, half the league gets in. I'd actually like to see hockey cut that down a little bit. But for a team, but for an organization like Major League Baseball, I think if we're good, if there's no wiggle room on the amount of games we're going to play per season, I think you, you just got to let more teams in. You have to. You can't subject that many teams to that long of a season and only let a fifth of them in? Come on! Fans have been invested in these teams all year long. We watched all the games. And now only five or six teams get in? Come on, let, let half the league in. What's the harm? Longer playoffs, more money, more interest, more intensity, easier to gauge what teams I'm going to bet on. So that's what's up with baseball, Mr. Faxon. I don't quite know, and I'm not sure... Manfred has the answer. I think he's made that perfectly clear at this point. I think Major League Baseball is walking in the Sahara Desert with absolutely no map or no way out. They are lost. I don't see them making any of the right moves like, say, like say other professional organizations and associations and leagues are making. I hope that one day they do get out of the woods. They do get out of the desert, but it doesn't look like it's going to be this decade. Maybe the 30s. Oh, doesn't that feel good to say the 30s? I feel like I should get a bowler hat. Walk around in a suit and a bowler hat, even when it's 90 degrees in summer. You ever wonder that in movies? Was it just in movies? Or were people really walking around? I mean, New York in the summertime? You're wearing a cotton suit and a bowler hat? Jesus. I'm off topic here. Anyway, Jeremy, I hope I answered your question sufficiently. If I didn't, well, next time, be more specific. What is baseball? That is baseball. That's Dallas. Folks, that's going to just about do it for episode two. I'm going to leave you with one quick tip, okay? I'm going to leave you with one quick tip before I get out of here, and it is Amazon Essentials, basically their new clothing line. I wanted to hate it because, man, is Amazon just a runaway train at this point. I mean, they no one is stopping them. They're like the 27 Yankees. These boys are unstoppable. Jeff Bezos is unstoppable. But my God, do those Amazon essentials just fit like a glove. And affordable. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're making affordable, well-fitting, pretty stylish clothes over there at Amazon. And you know what? The delivery, they're coming to you in less than a day. It's unbelievable what Bezos is doing. How are their margins okay? How are they making money? I don't know, but check them out, guys. I have absolutely no affiliation with them. I just got a nice pair of pants the other day, and I thought I'd let you guys know. Fit like a glove, affordable, got here within a day. Unbelievable. All right, people, that's episode two. I'm Neil Arnett. This is the Big Ticket Show. Have yourself an absolute week, and keep checking us out. Some sports betting videos, because we love doing them, because you guys are the best. And this show is for the people. See you later, folks.